0: Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend, my co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, good to see you. How are you doing today? doing wonderful.
0: I got to get into a wrestling room and work with a team today. Uh, It was really nice to be back and engaging with those guys, a team we've worked with for the last couple of years. And so uh, really great to to be able to give them a message, to challenge them, to think about how to make the most of whatever the season that they're going to get is and uh, to really embrace the process. And we actually talk about that with our guests today as well. So uh, it was, it's just kind of full circle kind of day for me. So it's awesome.
1: Nice. No, yeah. I, I similar experience. I have an individual that I'm working with is a basketball player, Minnesota sports are back. Which you know, like you said, we don't know what the season's going to look like. We don't know if there's going to be any hiccups and starts and stops. But for now, those kids get to compete and and um, learn some of the things that we talk about here and and learn the lessons that were so valuable for us in our life. And I, I think uh, I'm just grateful for them that they get that opportunity, and um, it's a cool thing. So,
0: well, hey. and oh, go ahead. And beyond that, like learning that no matter how much time we're given, like, it doesn't matter. Like make the most of it. Right. I talked to a kid. I told a story today about an athlete that lost their junior season last year to a knee injury and getting to talk to them this summer about potentially playing football this fall. He was like, I don't really care. However many I get it's more than I got last year. I'm going to make the most of it right now. And if it's just today, even I'm going to give everything I got, we can all learn something from a 17 year old in that moment to say, whatever I get, whatever opportunity I get, I'm going to do the thing. Right. And, and so I'm going to give it everything I have right now. So
1: it's a great I, And it remi- reminds me of a, a video I saw this morning, actually, one of our people that was on our podcast weeks, months ago, James Leith posted a, a video of himself and he was talking about kind of that idea of be present, get whatever you can get the most out of right now you know, he talked about every day we wake up and we kind of go through the motions sometimes. And he's like, and he used the analogy of an Oreo. He's like, we eat, you know, if you like Oreos, you eat Oreos, but you never think it's going to be my last one. Right. But if you thought it was going to be your last one, every time you ate an Oreo and you know, as a former offensive lineman, you know, that Oreos are close to my heart and he couldn't have used a better example think about that. Like if we woke up every day and this is kind of what we talk about with, with Cassie today, our, our guest was if we woke up and we live with intention, we bring some awareness to what we're doing. How would that change our energy and our effort and our attitude to our sports, our business, our relationships, it's all interconnected. And and that's ultimately what living eyes up is, is bringing some awareness to where you're at and where you want to go and finding some solutions. But so our guest Cassie Weaver is a sports psychologist, works with mentally strong consulting. It's a four-time national champion. We get into some of that stuff. Uh, just a, an incredible conversation. And, and, you know, it turns out small world, we had a ton, a ton of connections, personal connections that even though neither one of us had met her before today um, was cool to make that connection.
0: Absolutely. And just a ton of energy. I, like there and our skill areas certainly overlap, but there is definitely a place where she's, I recommend her like crazy to work with your athlete or your, your, if you're working on something specific that you're like, I need to connect with somebody, check her out and check out what they do at mentally strong. Cause, or if you're looking, she works for Sanford and works with profile by Sanford. If you're looking to engage with living a healthier lifestyle, whether it be health and fitness or, you know, nutrition, check her out because she just brings such great energy and uh, I think you really enjoy the experience. I really
1: enjoyed talking to her. Cassie Weaver. Cassie, welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. It is awesome to have you here, even though before we hit record, I'm still mad at both you and Jamie because there's a ton of good stuff. The world is so small and we're excited to have you and hear all about those connections you guys have so thank you for joining us today
2: thanks for having me
0: yeah we were we were chatting a little bit you um so a little background we did before the intro you work with teams and and athletes kind of in a similar space that we do on on mental performance and you happen to work with my niece's soccer team shout out malia she said she's gonna be listening so um but you guys but she doesn't listen every week I'm going to yell at her if she doesn't, but she's like, I'm so excited. I love Cassie. So, um, you worked with her soccer team and that is just a tiny, small world. So
2: such a small world. Um, they have such a special place in my heart because they were the very first team that I had the opportunity to work with right out of grad school. And so I remember it like yesterday working with Malia and her teammates and, um, shout out, hope you're still working on your mental toughness today, Malia.
0: (laughs) She just sent me a video. We gave her um, my wife's snowboard because when John lived in Colorado, we went and snowboarded out there and my wife broke her wrist and she's maybe committed to never snowboarding again as a result of that. So Malia now has my wife's snowboard and she sent me a video yesterday. She's like, after three hours of trying, here's a video of me actually doing it. And I was like, mental toughness right there. That's amazing. That's so
2: committed to the process. I love that. (laughs) Great story.
0: Absolutely.
1: So so Cassie, tell us a little bit about your background, where you're at now, what you're up to. Um, yeah, Yeah, take that any direction you want.
2: Sure. Um, well, I went to school at Concordia university in St. Paul and played collegiate volleyball there. Um, had my bachelor's in sport management. And so my initial goal right out of college was to coach. I, I absolutely loved, you know, coaching's in my blood my family runs their own volleyball business. And so, um, That's where the direction that I was headed to coach collegiately. whether that I was at the Division 3, Division 2, Division 1 level, I didn't care. I just loved being in the gym and working on uh, the physical part of the game. What I learned along the way while I was coaching was that I really had this uh, craving for wanting to teach the mental side of the game. It was a big part of what I learned through my own experience at the collegiate level and what separates good athletes from great athletes and um, found myself in a sports psychology program at Minnesota State University, Mankato, one of the top uh, graduate programs in the entire country. And through that experience, I learned um, that this could be a real job, that you could work as a a sports psychologist, mental performance coach. Um, And so fast forward three years later upon graduation, um, I I teamed up with my professor from graduate school, Dr. Cinder Kampoff, and her and I together, work with athletes across the country at, you know, the middle school level or the high school level, or even the professional level and the collegiate level on building your mental toughness. It's such a dream job. And, in you know, in addition to that, along the way, I also found a passion for health and wellness. And so, um, using these sports psychology concepts, I also work with the adult population on, um, helping them achieve their goals from a fitness and nutrition standpoint.
0: That's awesome. I, it's so connected to like, it's just, the thing that you learn in doing this and spending all of our time working on this and researching and doing this stuff is like, it's all connected. Every part of our life has some benefit that draws from taking control of our mental game. Right. And 100%. Um, it's an amazing gift to, to interact with. And I, I just, so when you were at Concordia, you guys were incredible, right? There was a period of time where that place had an incredible run of success and right, did you win all four national championships while you were there?
2: I did. Mm-hmm.
0: What is like? I, I play, we played football college football together at Bethel in St. Paul and sure. we were a part of some really good teams. We never did anything approaching that. However, what is it like to be a part of a group that is committed in that way? And what things do you take from that experience forward into what you do now?
2: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, Jamie, when it was, you know, incredible. Um, When I think back to it, though, you know, you think about how hard you worked in practice, but you also remember, like... The funny, funny things that happened along the way, and um, it was incredible to win four national championships and be a part of a process where everyone is committed to one goal, which I think in collegiate athletics, right, that's the end goal for all teams. Um, but to do that on an exceptional level, I have to give an, an, a, a lot of credit to our head coach, Brady Starkey, who embedded these mental tools and strategies without really knowing that he was doing it. Um, or maybe he did know that he was doing it, but it didn't seem like as an athlete, that it was a structured mental training that we did. It was just embedded in our everyday, um, experience. And I think, you know, a secret or something that he did different than a lot of other coaches that since I've been in the collegiate space is, um, really focusing on routine. We knew what to expect every single day, day in and day out. And I think there's, you know, a misconception that, athletes get bored or athletes want, you know, a fancy practice structure, new, what's the new drill out there that's, that's going to help us really over the hump. And, um, for us, it was literally just doing the same thing day in and day out and getting really good at the game of volleyball. So, um, that's something that I take with me today is the importance of routine and whether that be, you know, a morning routine or, you know, after work routine or night routine, it helps me be, the best self that my best self that I possibly can be. So that was one big takeaway um, from that experience of collective success.
1: So the thing that I, I hear, I think about when you talk about routine and practice and, and athletes getting bored, I think that I was a head football coach in Colorado. And I think the thing that struck me wasn't necessarily that athletes get bored. It's that, We do as as coaches. We do a a disservice by not teaching them the why. We're doing Mm -hmm, certain mm -hmm. drills and and giving them that context. And so, if kids or even adults know the why behind, you know, we're doing the same thing over and over because it's that important. And it's and and then we know what to expect day in and day out, right? And we can just keep progressing. It's not that we're just doing this. Oh, this new drill. Well, what does this have to do? How does this translate? You know, there's got to be, and Jamie, you talked about it at the beginning that interconnectedness of practice to competition to, you know, the physical and the mental. It sounds like all of that was integrated into your program, which is incredible. So,
2: yeah, phone, well, I have a cover- yeah, go ahead, Jamie.
0: How do you do that in your personal life, though? Like for you personally, and when you work with people, maybe on health and wellness or fitness, how do you bring the purpose in so that there is a continued sense of motivation and movement?
2: Yeah, good question. You know, for myself, it's that accountability piece. And so I know that if I mess up my own routine, my success is my own fault um, for other people, you know, it really does, like you said, come back to the purpose of what is the sole purpose of you committing to a new process, a new routine. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It's different than it's different for every single person, you know, in the health and wellness world, it's, it's somebody, um, wants to live a longer, more prosperous life. And they know that their current nutrition or fitness habits aren't conducive to them living according to the research, living a long, prosperous life. So because they can pick their lives you know 20 years later from now playing with their grandkids right like that that bond of love is something is so strong that can propel people forward in ways that is inspiring to me you know um for athletes i think and coaches i think it's it's finding that collective why um and year to year at you know concordia st paul i would say that that changed um depending on the personalities and the life experiences that we brought um we kind of came together at the beginning of the season and said like look this could go one or two ways and our, and our coaches were involved in that, in that decision of like, we're either fighting for a national championship or we could just have a really fun season and, you know, just do really fun drills and, and hang out together. Um, but because we were, we were so competitive and always felt like we had something to prove year after year. I think that's what held us bonded and held to a certain standard that, that why that was communicated every single day.
0: This is a question, something that you said triggered this. Do you think that they are separate? like and I, and the the fun silly, I don't know, like I think that there is some value in having that brought into practice, but I also hear what you're saying, and it resonates deeply with me. that's like sometimes you do have to give up a little extra to get to that final kind of over the top moment do you do you think that they're separate? Do you think that they're I don't know, i that's just a question that struck me as you were saying that?
2: Like, are they separate in terms of like, it's either this or this?
0: Yeah. I mean, you had set it up kind of as a dichotomy, but I, I don't think you meant it that way necessarily, but
2: no. And I think it was set up that way because that's how it was communicated to us every year is our coach would give us the, the autonomy. He was like, this isn't my team. Like this is your team. And so because it was set up that way, I think that's the way that I think about it. But to your point Did we have fun and did we make silly mistakes and did we make drills what we wanted it to? Absolutely. Um, I would not say that my experience was anything short of fun. It was a complete blast. Did we work hard and were there crappy moments like every team experiences? Absolutely. Uh, Did we get reprimanded and had to run or do push-ups for things and were we held accountable to the standard? Yes, but we knew why we were doing it. It was the pure love and enjoyment of the game, but to do it better than everybody else does it
0: so powerful i love that i like i i love excellence right i just gravitate towards it and i want to know how and why and when i see something like four national championships i just my brain goes to a million questions and similarly your experience at img is which is how Oddly enough, you work with my niece and we have different connections, but that was not how we got connected, right? A former guest on our podcast, Will Drumwright, mentioned you as being awesome and that we needed to talk to you and you guys Uh-oh. connected at IMG, right? <laughs> and, like, and so you went from this experience as a four-time national champion to IMG where they're kind of developing the best of the best at the you know, 16, 17, 18, 19-year-old level. How does that experience shape your thought process?
2: Yeah. Great question. Um, that was an experience of a lifetime and to learn from people that do mental conditioning, in my opinion, better than most in the entire country was, um, unbelievable, but, um, how it shaped me today. I, when I think back to my experience, the main takeaway that I took from that is awareness is key. What we were training at the elite level is how to build awareness, um, through, you know, they have a vision training facility there where you you work to your hand-eye coordination with these video games it's unreal you have to see it to believe it but um
1: i I actually i actually got to go and do that i spent a a whole day there boy i don't know it must have been six or seven years ago now um just just hanging out and they they showed me that and it's like boy i i learned very quickly that i was not an elite uh (laughs) athlete. I, I was pretty good and I'm pretty athletic, but, um, there is, uh, several other levels, but sorry, go ahead. That's no, that was a cool that's experience. So
2: true. That's so true. <laughs> it took me an entire summer to really wrap my head around, um, some of the, some of the equipment that they have. So like you said, John, it's just, it's hard to believe until you see it. Yeah. Um, but just little things like that, I think is, is how it shaped me today is remembering that, You know, even if we don't have all of the tools that IMG Academy maybe has at our fingertips, that we still, we still know the very basis of what they teach. And that's how your thought process is affect your performance. At the end of the day, that's as simple as we can get. Is with the brain that you have and the mindset patterns that you have, how can we continue to build your awareness around that, um, so that we can tweak and make changes and put you in uncomfortable situations that evoke um, a certain thought process that we wanna we wanna rewire in a sense. And so, um, I think that's that's something that I think about on a daily basis: is what are what do I do that's good? What do I really like about my routine um, and my thought processes on a daily basis? And, and what are some situations that I would like to challenge or change? Um, but that takes time. You know, I think that's a, for a simple 12, 13 or 14 year old, that's a, that's a really, really complicated um, process to try to even water down um, and, and explain how to start building your awareness.
1: So what do you, what do you say to coaches or, or business leaders when, when you're working with businesses? Cause I think you guys do some work with, with the corporate world as well. When it's... Uh, that's for the elite of the elite, right? Mental skills like that is for the IMG academies of the world. That's for the division one athletes. It's not for rural Minnesota, you know, nine man football, Jamie, no, not a shot at nine man football, just, you know, Um, but, but there are people out there and they say, you know, we have our hands full of just getting kids to participate and practice time. How are we going to ever make time for, the mental Mm -hmm. side of this. Like that's for, that's for those people. That's not for us. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I think our field runs against that, you know, collectively at every single level of, again, even when you're working with the elite of the elite, how they have time for it. They, they can bring in a specialist, but for, like you said, someone that maybe can't tap into those resources or doesn't have this luxury, like it's not that you can't do mental training. It just is about your approach of how you're going to embed it. Um, I'm a firm believer that I think all coaches to a certain extent are mental skills coaches. They just don't know it. Um, they're after this elite performance They're after getting better at every single day. And so um, to just pull a couple concepts such as building a routine um, or building awareness, you know, I think a simple thing that all coaches could do is provide or have the athletes create their own sports journal. Um, Such a simple idea, but putting it in practice is a whole other story of commitment. Um, But I think that, you know, you could have so many different prompts to start the day You know, with a five minute journal session of, you know, where are your thoughts today and what do you want to get out of practice and what kind of energy are you going to bring today? And then wrap it up with a five minute reflection time. I think that's just such a simple way that, you know, all coaches could be able to build and help their athletes build awareness um, to go and then to look back at the story at the end of the year of this is where I started to this is where I am now. And to see that growth is just going to build your own confidence moving forward of continuing to do that. Um, So that's just one simple idea um to be able to bake into i think any any sport
0: I love that that's i think the thing that you've said now twice and in different contexts and not really the same thing was i have to check in right i have to check in with myself not just at the beginning of the day before a practice before you know and as business people we can check in with ourselves the first 5 minutes we get to our desk. And we sat down and say, what are the things that I need to do or want to accomplish today? What kind of energy am I going to bring today? I think that's an amazing piece of advice. And then to check back in and say, how did I do when I was coaching as a head track coach in Northern Minnesota, we had a, just a scorecard at the end of each practice one through 10, you know, and the, the prompts, you know, there were six of them that were constant or five of them that were constant and two that changed, you know, so it was a score out of 70 every day. And how'd you do, you know, give yourself a score one through 10. And it was like, the kids that committed to it and did it, they really felt like they could be honest with themselves after doing it. But i th- that's that thing that takes time, right? It's that I need to check in with myself and I don't get to honesty until I've done it and practiced it because I don't want to admit failure on day one or day seven because it's like, ah, oh, that's so frustrating. I failed and I screwed up and I don't want to do it again tomorrow because I don't want to feel this again.
2: Wow. That's such a good point, Jamie, in terms of, you know, not being, being okay with failing. And I like to frame failing as just a mistake, like, Oh, whoops. Um, we've been failing since we were toddlers. The first steps that we took, we weren't very good at. So just bringing that perspective back to an athlete, what's the big deal about failing and why is it such a negative thing when it could, we could turn it in such, such a positive way and really pave the path for, you know, what the, what I'm really focused on and what I'm learning about. Um, another thing that was interesting that you said is like, we don't check in with ourselves and why don't we, it's because of the technology that we have from waking up till the end of the night, you're either talking to somebody or you're on your phone. And so, um, it's something that I challenge a lot of athletes to do is the second that before you even pick up your phone, give yourself 10 seconds. It's all you need 10 seconds. Of where am I right now?
1: And I think of that process, and in, in we talk a lot in, in the lens of athletics, but I think of that even if, if you want to improve your marriage, right? Yes. And, like, the, it's the same process. How do I ask myself two questions about my effort today? What energy did I bring today, right? Uh, I, I, it's just humble. I mean, it's convicting for me because it – it's just something that you're right. You don't take the time to do it, the intentionality, the awareness of it. And it's, it, it can be so powerful and change so many things. Um, and then I, the other part of it, I was talking, I was thinking about um, my background in mental health and working in Sanford Health in the corporate world. Like, how would that change our week if we had our teams just sit down and even at the beginning of the week for five minutes? You know, what energy am I going to bring today? What are the things that are potentially getting in my way right now that I need to let go? Like, man, five minutes is, doesn't take that long. It's just not.
2: No, it goes by really fast. And I think the more that you do it, the more that you enjoy doing it, um, because you can really start to see your progress. And you know, one thing that you said is like the power of awareness. And the reason why I think it's so powerful is because once you're aware, then you have a choice. You can either continue on the path that you're on, or you can choose to do something different. But if we don't have this level of awareness, we're going to keep doing, bringing the same effort every day, going through the motions, and not really progressing. And I think every athlete, business leader, husband, wife—you know—we're all after the same thing, and that's just you know more connection and, and improvement, really, to to the purpose of what we're doing.
0: And that's that's like John said, it's convicting because no matter what, some days we're going to, we're going to end up giving ourselves a two or a one on that scorecard, you know? Right. And what I think is really interesting. And, and this speaks to what you talked about. It becomes more engaging. The more you do it, it becomes more exciting and more interesting. The more you do it. I had a seventh grade athlete that ended up going to the state tournament for us. She was an exceptional runner for us. And she like bought in full sale on the journal all the way from the very beginning she did. She gave herself a score every day. And then we had two questions along with that. And like, every time I picked up her journal, like you turn the page and you're like, Oh, the whole back page is also full. Uh And, you know, and it wasn't five minutes, right? It was 20 minutes. And well, you know, now she's competing, you know, with opportunities to compete for a state championship and she's still in school and all that stuff. And, but she, she bought in and then her buy-in her leadership as a 12 year old then communicates to the other people around her like this is an acceptable behavior this is an acceptable action we waste 5 10 15 20 minutes all the time on stuff that is way less valuable and a 12 year old is showing the rest of our team actually when i do this i feel better tomorrow because i took something away from today and like she taught me something incredible and important about what it is my responsibility to do in terms of when i journal and how i seriously i take it and like i said it's convicting because i think about this experience with this 12 13 year old kid who's like hey i don't have anything better to do no she wanted to get better like it wasn't right and her sisters are older and they're the ones driving her home and they're like let's go and she's like wait i have to finish
2: I like her sass. Yeah. <laughs> she knows what's important. And in, in, what a great um, example, Jamie, of someone that, you know, that you can do this, you don't have to be 16, 17, 18 years old, um, to be able to sit down and journal. This is something that, you know, eight, nine and 10 year olds can can start to identify and the sooner that they can identify and feel comfortable in that journaling space, man, like you said, it can take off and spread like wildfire
1: what's an example that you have of the light bulb moment? So, you know, Jamie kind of shared one, do you have one from whether it be a team or an individual or or somebody where, you know, they, they did have that light bulb moment where it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm doing what they're teaching me and I'm seeing the result or, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the progress and that just adds to the belief and the more buy-in on their end.
2: Yeah. Um, specifically, I think with, I work a lot with um, gymnasts. I was actually a gymnast before I was a a volleyball player. And so I can relate to, in a sense of, in gymnastics, the mind is a beast. Um, There's there's a lot of fear that gets in the way of being able to do certain skills that, you know, increasingly as you get older are just more dangerous. And so um, working with gymnasts, I've, you know, those aha moments come when you realize that your faith is bigger than your fear. Um, and that's so conceptual, right? Like faith and fear are two, two concepts, not really tangible things, but when, when you can help an athlete identify, you know, specifically what is this tangible fear? What is the worst case scenario? And just comb through it with them of like, what is, what is the actual, they call them mental blocks in gymnastics. But when we can take that block and disintegrate it essentially, um, so that skills readily available for them again, um, is something that i think a lot of gymnasts wish they had that aha moment about and it it doesn't work in a perfect world every time um it takes a lot of commitment but um the aha moment happens through that imagery and visualization process. And so we've had a lot of fun with athletes, you know, mapping out what is this like? It's kind of like a, an imaginable, like you created your own dream in your head, essentially. Um, and I know there's a lot of research behind imagery and visualization for, for athletes, but um, being able to create these unique scripts for gymnasts and for them to wrap it out and to come back and say, like, I had more faith and fear this time like I I had this inner belief in myself that, you know, I wasn't going to injure myself or, you know, I wasn't going to, to, for me as a gymnast, it was always, I'm going to die. Um, but when when you can <laughs> say that that's not really a reality or the chances of that are like point zero 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 one percent then um, it makes it a lot, a lot less scary. So, and then when you do it successfully over and over and over and over and over in your head, again, that's really what gives you the confidence to be able to do it.
0: I think that, you said, you know, that I'm going to die thing as a track coach, we, we talk about the wall all the time, right? I'm going to hit the wall. I'm going to fall apart. I'm going to fall over. I'm going to collapse, whatever it is. And what's, what's real is that when we give people the language to express their way through it, like, I think that's so powerful also is I can just talk about it in a way that gives me some control and some power over it instead of it feeling powerless and incredibly fearful.
2: Great point. I think that's a, the same thing, right. In track, in track, having that fear of embarrassment or, um, getting injured or whatever it might be the walls, the walls visible in every single sport, probably to a certain extent. Um, and, and like you said, taking the power away by just giving them the language. And, and once you have control, you know, then you have confidence, um, and, and slowing it down, I think can be really helpful as well for an athlete. And that, that was a good analogy.
0: So how do we build those support systems where then athletes come, not athletes alone, right? We, it's athletes, it's husbands and wives, it's parents, it's, it's business people. How do we build these support systems to say, I instead of it feeling fearful to go and have someone help me or talk through this with me, it actually empowers me and triggers better performance in my life?
2: building support systems around mental skills training, your mental health, I think is, is the circles becoming, it seems like a little bit smaller, as well as the stigma is starting to diminish. Um, I've noticed in the last, I would say since I started my, my psychology program at Minnesota state. So Within six years, I had it's been a tangible decrease in the amount of stigma around that. And, you know, I would encourage parents, business leaders, coaches, you know, tapping into resources such as, you know, YouTube's a free resource or Google of just examples of athletes that are talking about it. Um, like for example, if I were to type into Google about Simone Biles and what she does for her mental training, um, yes, she may might work with a professional, but she breaks it down of here's what I do or here's what I focus on. Um, and just to have these simple tools or, um, even articles or videos where athletes can hear what other athletes are doing or, or business leaders can hear what other business leaders are doing to manage, you know, these mental blocks that they might be having and, and find that support. I think it's a, it's a great starting place to build your own knowledge of what, what tools are readily available and are free and easily accessible that I haven't even tapped into yet. Um, I wish there was enough, sports psychologists, mental health professionals, business consultants. I think every single person could benefit from essentially a life coach, um, someone to talk through these challenges with and help them grow. But to take ownership of that and to, to go out on your own and, and start the process of building your own awareness, I think is a, is a great place to start. And there's a ton of free resources out there.
1: So speaking of resources, uh, and I would imagine we have a lot of similar books on our bookshelf, but... What's something that you're engaged with, whether it be a book or a podcast or a blog or something that is is challenging you right now that you're growing from?
2: Great question. Um, I frequently go back to the same books because I love them so much. Um, so Dr. Cinder Kampoff wrote Beyond Grit. Um, that's one that is foundational to our practice. And as well as uh, the her podcast, which is um, the High Performance High Performance Mindset Podcast. Um, shout out to John for having the book right then, right <laughs> on his bookshelf. Um, and I really love uh, Michael Gervais' um, Finding Mastery Podcast. I, I really enjoy listening to the eclectic group that he has on his podcast on a on a weekly basis. Um, so I, I frequent that quite often. Um, and then Mind Gym, I think for for beginner athletes, is a great place to start if if they're looking for, for an interesting read. It's got a lot of great stories in there and 10 minute toughness.
0: Well, Cassie, I have a whole lot more questions, but those are really for the nerds in the group. And for me personally, and, uh, I'm sure some of you would be engaged in it and some of you'd be like, okay, anytime now. Um, we're so grateful to have you come and join us and to give us some tangible advice. We love being able to do that. We have a lot of kind of conceptual conversations you gave us some really great tangible things that we can do like journaling and uh engaging with just that self-awareness and taking some time five minutes you know uh so powerful these tools uh we loved the conversation where can people connect with you on social media or um reach out to have you work with them potentially
2: For sure. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Cassie underscore Weaves, W-E-A-V-E-S. Also on Instagram at C underscore Weaves. Uh, LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. It's fun to connect with people and see who is connected to who. Um, Or uh, you know, shoot me an email. I'd love to work with you. Cassie dot Weaves at gmail.com.
1: What's your business website uh, before we let you go. Yeah, I would love to
2: share that. Our business website is www.mentallystrongconsulting.com.
1: Perfect. We'll get that all in the show notes. Cassie, thank you so much for joining us and we appreciate your time. We'll do it again, hopefully.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks again to Cassie for joining us. Incredible stuff today. Check out uh, the resources in the show notes of of the books and the podcast that she recommended it's good stuff. While you're at it, if you found value today, how you can support us. Please just rate and review and more importantly just share this episode with somebody that you think will find value in it. Um and if and if you so choose, visit our website eyesupmindset.com, send us a note, let us know, you know, how you interacted with our stuff and if you're looking for a hat like Jamie's got on, You can also get that there and another way to support us. So Jamie, good stuff. Cassie was, you know, incredible today. What what was the takeaway for you? What do you got? Well,
0: it just comes back to this. I love talking to the sports psych people. I said it at the end, I can nerd out about this stuff for forever, but it comes back to this check in with yourself. Like, what are you aware of? Where are you at right now? And where are you going next? Allow yourself the time. Take five minutes. Take five minutes to find out what am I going to give to the thing that I'm about to endeavor upon next? What's the energy that I'm going to give? What's the effort that I'm going to give? We don't ask those questions in our day-to-day life. We might ask them as an athlete. And if you're an athlete out there, you're a coach, take the time to do it beforehand and then do it again after. Check in and say, how did I do? Those check-ins are powerful and they can move you because you finally start to see progress. That's ultimately what this thing is about. Living eyes up is this ability to see that you're moving. And Cassie gave us some amazing tools to do exactly that.
1: And as always, live eyes up.